ancient history is a strange thing. For example, many years ago, I believed that the Hawks would probably get to Malahim fairly quickly, and so it would be useful to have some world building done around the fall of that city that we could incorporate into the game. I was wrong, and I'm okay with admitting that. But we did record two episodes of a completely different game where we explored some of that history and some of that story. As the first part of our season break after season three, I thought we could share these with you. So make yourself comfortable and get ready for a history lesson. It's time to go back into the distant past. Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, or uh, Questionably Shaped Histories, or something. Today we're doing something a bit different, because we want to learn a bit about the world that the Hawks are walking through the ruins of. They're making their way to the city of Malahim, and I thought it'd be interesting to find out what happened to cause Malahim to cease being the greatest city in the world, and become just a big old mess. So with me, I have Lucy Teague. Hello. And Tom Everett. Hello. Yeah, waving is not the A1 podcast introduction. (laughs) I'll just put that out there. (laughs) And today we're playing a game called Microscope. So the process of Microscope is that you start out with the big picture of history and you gradually wind your way down to the details of things that happened. The big picture is an ancient empire falls from its zenith. And so in Microsoft, in Microsoft, what happens is you make versions of Windows, each of which is slightly worse than the one before. <laughs> so it's kind of like the medievalists' view of history then. Yeah, yeah, basically. Sort of like the giants from whom we descend. <laughs> so in Microscope, Uh, History is divided into periods, each one of which is a large chunk of time, probably decades or centuries. So I'm going to set up two cards here. So you should have a tree to which you've been invited. Hi, Tom. You have been invited to enter the ginkgo tree. I have set up what I imagine to be our two starting periods. Those are our bookends, Zenith and Ruin. There is a tone for each period. And the tone is either dark or light. So I would imagine that probably the top one is light. Yes. And the bottom one might be dark. Yes. It depends on how you feel about civilization collapsing. How you feel about the city. Some people might think that's good. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Some people just want to watch the world burn. (laughs) The cat lights up. If you don't have a light up cat, what are you even doing? (laughs) So those are our bookends. Oh, God, I've capitalised one. I haven't capitalised the other. This is a disaster. Oh, the seagull's mum's here. Was that the seagull? Yeah. Did you hear it? I did. <laughs> oh, God, what the hell has it got? Uh, don't worry about it, Tom. You can worry about oh, what the seagull's sorry. doing when we're not recording. They look like a Dorito. Seagulls steal all kinds of stuff. They're nature <laughs> thieves. They are. They're the thief of my attention, and I'm very sorry. I think the fall of Malahim was orchestrated by seagulls. <laughs> God, we have enough seagulls in this game. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, we have a palette of add or ban ingredients. Each player can add either a yes or a no. Add something to the yes column if you think the other players would not expect it to be in the history, but you want to be able to include it. Add something to the no column if you think other players would expect it to be in the history, but you don't want it included. For me, I'm going to say no seagulls. (laughs) Fair enough. Tom, do you have a yes or a no? No direct real-world analogies. <laughs> so no characters that are clearly a metaphor for of this person currently in the news, for example. Yep, I like it. Like that one season of Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Lucy, do you have a yes or a no? Yes to pumpkins. I actually suspected that would be what you were saying. <laughs> okay. Do either of you have any further no's or yeses you want to bring in? Can I also add yes to seagulls? <laughs> no, we've already hit no on seagulls. Okay. Seagulls are out. They're right out. You've got to just get in there first. That includes seagulls with and without Doritos. It doesn't become a yes just because it's got a Dorito. <laughs> I mean, I'm not entirely sure it was a Dorito. It, just, it was just yellow and triangular. Something that might have been yeah. a Dorito. It could have been a deep fried pizza slice for all we know. No stereotypes. <laughs> God damn it. We're a noble country. Look, crudely drawn swords would be a sad place without stereotypes. <laughs> Having got the palette for the rest of the game, each player makes decisions individually and has vast power to shape history. We get to add more detail to the history, creating either a new period or event. Players can go in any order they want, but I think we're going to go in the order that I can see people, because that's arbitrary, which is Lucy, Tom, me. Oh. To add a period, place it between any two adjacent periods, give it a short description of what happens during that time, and say if it's light or dark. An event is a specific thing that happens inside a period, like a prince seizing the throne or a colony ship arriving on a new world. To add a new event, decide what period the event is in. If there are already other events in that period, place it before or after one of them. An event must be inside an existing period. So it's going to be bookended by Zenith and Ruin. Yeah, but there could be events within Zenith and Ruin. Right, yeah. So any period we can add events to, or we can add new periods. Hmm. But we can't go back to, like, here is Origin. No, we can't go before Zenith, we can't go later than Ruin. And then the third level of thing is a scene. And the scene is basically a single moment that addresses a question within an event. So it becomes period, event, scene. So, Lucy, do you want to add a period or an event? Um, an event. Okay. And which of the periods is your event inside? Ruin. And what's the event? So this is where Malahim's burning or when it's in ruins? So it is the culmination of ruin. So like, I guess the final event of ruin is actually Malahim's collapse and desolation. Yeah. What I wanted to add is that, you know, in it being ruins. Yeah. Okay, so... Is that after ruin? I think that's like the concluding point of ruin. Is this like the city smoulders kind of thing? Yeah, kind of. And that... The pumpkin patches grow wild and overtake the whole city. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you're working on here. You're going with your priorities first. Uh, Do we think that's dark or light? I think it's light. We've got a lot of pumpkins there. Who doesn't love pumpkins? Sort of a little coda, isn't it? Yeah, I I really like that. That's a little bit ghibli. It's like flowers in the ruins. It's the poppies of Malahim. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tom, what do you want to add? I think an event just before that one. Yep. The last defenders of the city... 
give up and escape. Yeah. How much detail do you want on that? It's really like kind of a one-liner. Right, okay. And then we'll explore what actually happens in the event. Sure. So that sounds dark to me. I would say that's probably a dark scene. Yeah, yeah. Unless they are super happy about it. Yeah, I could have gone on a bit more because I, I was imagining someone basically urging them to leave. That is absolutely a scene. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to add a scene in Zenith, new fish in the Tower Canals. We've previously established that Malahim is a city of towers and bridges, and that on the bridges between the towers, canals run. And so this is an event where one day or over a short period, a new small kind of fish appears in these canals. And I don't know what we know about that, but I think it's an interesting starting point. Now we've got those, like one each of these created, each person takes it in turns to be a lens. I might as well be the lens to start with. And that person declares the current focus of the game, the part of history we're going to explore right now. And then each player takes a turn creating either a period, event or scene. The lens goes first and you go around to the left and what you create must relate to the current focus. The lens can choose to create two things on their turn so long as they're nested inside each other, like an event or a scene or a period and an event. And then after each player's taken a turn, the lens gets to go again, add another period, event or scene or two nested things. So they have the last word on the focus. And when everyone's addressed that focus, we examine the legacy. Is that what we just did? We just created events. Right. So I'm going to start with being the lens. And basically, play jumps forwards and backwards across time, all across history, to keep everyone playing the same game. The lens picks a focus, a unifying theme tying the story together until the next lens picks a new one. The focus can be a person, a place, a thing, an institution, an event, a period, a concept, anything you want. So it could be something like, if it was European history, you could be like the Knights Templar at this time and this time and this time. Yes, that's exactly the kind of thing. Or pumpkins. Or pumpkins. That would be a good starting point. So I think I'm going to start with the new fish. And the first scene will be a child. No, maybe not a child of new fish in the Tower Canals. No, I think that is good. So the scene has four components. A question, a stage, characters, and then we explore what the characters are thinking. We uh, first pose a question to find out about the history. The question of this scene is, how was it discovered that the fish could show the future? I think the stage is probably by one of the canals. Yeah, so the things we know about this are only that there are canals and that these fish can somehow foretell the future. That's one of the things we established ahead of this game, but that there is a price on it. So the scene will be beside one of these canals. And the way I see it, the bridges are very wide. And you've got a bridge that's almost like a kind of garden promenade with a canal along the centre between these two towers. And the towers are huge. They're like skyscrapers. And on this garden promenade, we have our events. So what just happened or what's next? We're going to pick up some characters. Are we meant to do this? 
each player picks up a character to play in the scene. So what we're doing here is like, who is in this scene? You can invent a new person on the spot or pick someone who's already appeared in the game, even if it's a character someone else played previously. All you need is a few words to describe the character, including any relationships they have to other characters. And what I think is happening, maybe, is that a body has been found in the water. Okay, cool. So, Lucy, what character would you like to have here? To play? Um, I was thinking of playing a, a body in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Beaten to it. Bud. Oh, you're a better body than I was. They call him the bod. <laughs> I'm going to play one of the children. You're going to play one of the children? One of so... the children that's going to... Can I say what they do? Uh, yeah, so is this like a child that finds the body? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Because I think I could do a really great... Ah, a body! <laughs> Okay, Tom, who are you going to play? <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like, um, I could go really dark and be the person that killed the body. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that would be amazing. Oh, you're such a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> and reverting to type. Yeah, okay, I, I'm going to be the person that's chucked the body in. Wait, did you chuck a body in or a person? Oh. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know, yeah. This seems like... We've got a child finding the body and a person dropped them in. <laughs> I'll try to, I'm not going to be too mean to you, Lucy. <laughs> I might get to play a body yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alright, I'm going to play the fish. Alright, okay. <laughs> Don't reveal thoughts that answer the question before the scene starts, but you're going to reveal one thing your character is thinking about the upcoming scene. So what are you thinking before it happens? Lucy, I'm going to go and look in the canal. I love seeing the fish. It's so lovely. Okay. And uh, Tom, what's your character thinking? <laughs> oh my God, have I killed her? <laughs> I'd best sort this out before anyone shows up. Wow. Dark Tom. <laughs> oh dear. The fish's thoughts are probably not really comprehensible right now. <laughs> Basically, we're going to play out the scene. So what's your child look like, Lucy? Yeah, they're going to be from one of the wealthier families of Malahim. So they're allowed to yeah. run around all day just playing. And they'll be about eight, skipping around in nice clothes and happy, happy child. Green eyes, light brown hair, big smile. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> and uh, what does uh, your character look like, Tom? Okay, so tall, thin, kind of receding hair. Slightly timid expression, and I don't want to say browbeaten, but just careworn, I guess. Wearing quite good clothes, but not flashy clothes. Your equivalent of the office worker suit or something. Someone who is a sort of ranked person in society, but not not kind of a, a mover and a shaker. Just someone who's in a comfortable profession. Yeah, kind of like a uh, scholar or a lawyer or a, like alchemist or some kind of reputable yeah. geometrist. Maybe he's got some books or something okay and so as the scene starts what is your character doing hang on have you described your fish so the fish are all red mm. these fish that appeared a little while ago they're minnow sized or smaller they're red and they shine a bit like anchovies so they've got that real sparkly quality but they just reflect bright red color and they they kind of hang under the edges of the canal and dart around in very close packed shoals and so they're kind of in the shadow of the bank. Okay, so, Tom, what's your character doing? I think we'd open with the camera on them. Kind of standing on the edge, gazing down at the body in the water with a look of horror on their face, 
maybe kind of kneeling to pick up a couple of books that have been dropped. Do we start with them, like, dropping the body into the water or knocking someone in, or...? I wanted to leave it ambiguous as to what happened. Okay, how it got there, yeah. The first shot, if you like, is him just kind of looking down like, oh, picking up a drop book as a way to sort of do something to kind of regain some kind of composure and control, at least to pick my book up. You can see he's absolutely just distraught and doesn't know what to do. Okay, cool. And Lucy, what happens with your child then? Yeah, so the child's going to be skipping along, very happy, going up to look in the canals. Uh, when she looks in the canal, she sees like the little red fish darting along the bank. Mm, that's normal. All going in the same direction. Oh, oh look at those fish. <laughs> Love it when they do that. Put my hands in the canal and try and splash the waters. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. One of the things that happens is the fish are gathering in increasing numbers and they're all swimming a bit upstream in the canal from where your character is, Lucy. Oh, so I'm totally going to chase them up, skipping alongside the canal, following the fish. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody must have fed them. There's going to be a massive group of them. Maybe whoever's feeding them has got some like crumbs that I can throw in as well. And I'm going to feed the fish, might try and get one to get my finger. It's going to be brilliant fun. (laughs) Amazing. So uh, I guess a small child turns up. Oh, God. Who, who, who are you? Who are you? Why are you here? Look at the fish. Are you feeding the fish? No. What? The fi- no, no, no I'm, I'm not feeding any fish. They're- oh, they're a fish. Look, there's... No, little, don't, why are you so close to the canal? I love the canal. Oh, it's, it's, not, it, it, it's not safe. Um, come on, there's far more interesting things over over here. Have you, have you looked? Look up there. Can you see there's a, a bird? What is it? A hawk, I think. You hear a splashing noise from the canal, and the fish are rushing around. Look at them! What did you give them? They never do that. What? I, I, I didn't. I didn't give them anything. Little child's going to run on up, see exactly what's splashing. Now come back! Come back! Oh. Lean in. God, you'll see. I'll go just to see. <laughs> the fish seem to be uh, swimming around like an empty dress. Oh God, the dress! Did you feed them clothes? Um, uh, no, well... <laughs> I'm going to reach in, try and get the dress out. No, 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 leave that. It's a very old... It wouldn't wouldn't fit you. It's... I was throwing away some old clothes, and this is just an old dress that belongs to... Is that to... your dress? <laughs> um, uh, no, it, it, it was... Um, oh, no, I don't like to talk about it. My mother's. It was my mother's. <laughs> yes, it was my mother's. And so... Why are you... I, I've just had it for too long. I just had to let go. I just had to let go and get rid of it. So it, it's gone. So anyway, that, wonder what that hawk is doing up there. When you look at the fish, they're changing colour. They are no longer all red. Wow. Oh, oh, what? Look. Okay, so Lucy, what does your character see? She sees something from the future. <gasps> <laughs> is the theme of this light or dark? I don't, it's been pretty light so far, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the hawks flying around. Thinking maybe the child sees themselves in the canal. (laughs) (laughs) This is where you've taken it. Maybe they're swimming. (laughs) Okay, this is me. Hancock, this was her idea. This for the record. (laughs) 
Okay, what does your character see in the water? So we haven't really talked much about the legal system here, have we? Yeah. So are they a particularly liberal or harsh judiciary system, would you say? Oh, harsh, I should think. (laughs) It's probably quite firm because, you know, they are a world-spanning empire. Those tend to be... Yeah. They're not the future that liberals want. (laughs) (laughs) This is the future that liberals want. Pumpkins everywhere. (laughs) Basically, I'm thinking about the death penalty and what form it would take. Or maybe, maybe he goes free. Maybe he sees himself leave the city. And uh, maybe I could see him leaving the city alone and with nothing and looking back fearfully and the watchful shadow of like a guard tower, something, yeah, some part of the city that sort of implies the sort of the reaching out hand of justice. Well, there are multiple towers. If it's early in the morning yeah. and he's going west towards the neighbouring cities, then that would actually create that kind of hand shadow from the towers. Yeah, like reaching out. And the shadow from the towers would actually, between the fingers, would be the very bridges that the scene's taken place oh, on. Yeah. So I think that's quite a good scene. With our focus still on these fish, but the facility to move things anywhere onwards... Lucy, you can create a period, an event, or a scene. That kind of give a hint about how we knew that the fish could show the future, but maybe yeah. something a bit more about how, how that's used. When we were emailing about this idea before, we were thinking there might be some kind of almost like a festival. Once people establish this idea, there's some kind of celebration. Perhaps we could have a... F- oh, in fact... Yeah, go on. You know you mentioned about the death penalty yeah. for crimes. I mean, would that not be quite a good use of a body? Well, exactly. What's your period event or scene? I think it'll be the annual forecasting for the city. Maybe that's a period. There could be like a period of foretellings. Hmm. Okay. When people are able to foretell the future through these fish. Yeah. And they can use that in various ways. So is this period light or dark, Lucy? Well, I mean... Depends on how you look at it. I mean, are you the criminal that won the lottery and is being sacrificed or are you the prosperous city? You're in charge right now, so you get to say. I'm going to say it's light. So, Tom, you get to add an event, a scene or a period with a fishy focus. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of someone challenging the morality of using the fish as a tool. That's an interesting idea. So at some point in the period of foretellings, we're looking at an event, Mm -hmm. challenge to the fishocracy. Piscopracy? (laughs) Whoa, whoa, that's moved. Thank you. When I move this, does it move for you guys? Yes, yes it does, Lucy. Could you move it back? I did a bit of moving too. (laughs) I don't know where it started. Thank you. (laughs) It's not me. It was me. <laughs> Man, I did that bit earlier on. I, was, I thought I was looking at my own one. I thought it was my own one too. Okay. <laughs> Do you think this is light or dark? I think it could be dark. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because it's the sort of thing where the kind of thoughts and events or, you know, the issues being discussed as a sort of a challenge to you doing the foreseeing, foretelling. Yeah. Those would be pretty dark. It's lots of, we are ceding our control of our futures to these things and how do we know the visions are real? Because yeah. Because we are just following their prophecies and, and we are effectively their slaves. Yeah. Okay. I want to do a scene around this event, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is going to be, why was the challenge rejected? I think our scene is going to take place at the uh, execution canal 
on festival day. Okay. It's like a regular canal most of the year, but on the festival of tomorrow, it becomes the execution canal. (laughs) Probably like a lot of the city's senior people are there. Lucy, who are you playing in this scene? I think I might play the executioner. Okay, yeah. Are they like a full-time executioner? Is that their job? No, no. Or is this this like a ceremonial thing? Yeah, it's just a ceremonial thing. You put your name forward. I think it's quite like a prestigious thing to be allowed to do. They're normally a baker, actually. (laughs) Wow. Oh, right. So they're normal most of the year and then all of a sudden... Yeah. Well, it's no real skill. You're just basically the pusher. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kudos, yeah? You're like, I'm the pusher. Hmm. Yeah. Is, is it like chosen by lottery or something? Yeah, yeah, you put your name forward. If there's more than one, it's lottery. Excellent. And the reason that it's so prestigious is that only a few people get to glimpse the future who are present at the execution. Yeah. Like, they get the strongest <laughs> images, so you get to glimpse your future mm-hmm. as like a prize for having taken part in this weirdly grotesque ritual oh right okay yeah tom who are you playing um so i guess i have to be the person that challenges it don't i i think that would be good <laughs> yeah so otherwise we'll just kind of we'll just play out as normal <laughs> as many as it was fine and then we'll do one where someone challenges <laughs> yeah it was many years before the challenge succeeded first came grumble the baker <laughs> he pushed with no problems <laughs> then came tweezwits <laughs> after that snortlebunkle <laughs> then jeremiah donk <laughs> i love jeremiah donk <laughs> Ben, I remember you saying we should prepare some names in advance of this. And now I see why. Yeah. It becomes only too clear once someone allows Tom to come up with names. Okay, so I will be the challenger. And let's see, the challenger is someone who has had, they've got some reason to doubt the testimony. Maybe last year, someone whose brother was pushed in last year. I like to think that maybe... There's someone quite important. Okay. They could be part of the ruling council or someone quite senior in the city. Okay. But that doesn't prohibit them having had a relative executed. If anything, if you've got a kind of internecine kind of politicking going on, it makes it potentially more likely. Yeah. Having said that, it's changed my idea a little because I was thinking of someone who has, who's becomes sincerely convinced that uh, that this is wrong and now i'm thinking this person is a politician so they have nothing sincere <laughs> yes so your character is a bad president wait no <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah i mean i mean i'm, I'm gonna steer away from any real world analogies here but he's not a very clever man but he's a very scheming cunning man <laughs> and um right well he's one of these people who is very um wily but not intelligent okay i like them do you have a name? Let's go with Nathaniel Nice Clifftop. I think I'm going to go with the fifth quill of the council, who is a character named Tarana Sarista. Oh. And she's an older lady. She's been involved in the council for a long time. She's got grey hair. She looks quite severe. She wears long robes. And she's very conscious of her position. Now, I'm assuming that this is a good while into the time of foretelling. So these foretellings have been used for at least 20 years, shall we say, mm-hmm. at this point, quite routinely. So she's very much been part of that history. So the question is, why was the challenge rejected? We have our three characters. 
Each player states one thing their character is thinking about the upcoming scene. So, Lucy, what are you thinking about the upcoming scene? Hmm, I hope it's not too gory, but uh can't wait to find out how the bakery's going to do next year. <laughs> <laughs> What's Nathaniel thinking? He is thinking, this has gone on long enough. I'm not going to see any more of my family hurt by these goddamn fish. So that's interesting. We're also in a monotheistic religion. Well, maybe he's monotheistic. Yeah, he could be a monotheist. There may be others. Yeah. And we don't know anything about the religious beliefs of the Stone Empire, so whatever we create now is going to be uh, core. So we we can explore that as, as the game goes on. My character is thinking, let's get this over with. So we can get everything written up and ready before the populace get to their festivities. She's like, this is normally a big day in the calendar anyway, even though it's like mostly the core people at the execution get a clear glimpse of future events that seem relevant to them. But people around the other canals will get little glimpses as well. Mm. And this time around, it's actually come at the same time as Cucumber Abundance. So the local cucumber farmers are all like flipping out with loads of cucumbers, like cucumber-based beverages. Tatsiki. Yeah, <laughs> cucumber-themed novelty clothing. <laughs> so it's like uh, the brutal and the ridiculous happening together. <laughs> Kids waving little cucumber flags as an ashen-faced prisoner is dragged past them, all waving and singing cheerfully. Cucumber, cucumber here. No, wrong flag, wrong flag. Get the tinfoil hat, Festival of Tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, the death aquatic. So I guess that's where the scene opens, these like prisoners being dragged out between armed guards and along a street filled with jeering, cucumber-wielding children. (laughs) So are they dead before they go in, or are these fish eating the person? They are eating the person. I think when it started, they were executed before they sent them in. <laughs> and over time... Push! Push! <laughs> they decided it makes a more theatrical experience if they're just thrown in. Or maybe like executioners over the years were like, eh, I'm not comfortable with throat slitting. If I just push them in, that seems less like I've actually murdered them. <laughs> he was a, a guilty, but look at him. He jumped in like a good man. Didn't need pushing at all, really. Not like that one last year where they had to skewer him. (laughs) (laughs) But here's an interesting thing. You remember the first time it happened, they were thrown in and there were books with them. Mm. If you fall in the river and you don't have a book, you're fine. But if there's a book with you, for some reason, that's what marks you. Literacy hating fortune telling. Literacy hating fortune telling fish. (laughs) I don't know why these people are letting these fish guide the future. They're obviously (laughs) awful. Let's play this out. So we've got these uh, prisoners. They're brought out and like they're brought out under guard. So the first one's lined up in front of your character, Lucy. Like, well, come on then. Off we go. Marching down. And they're like them. And then there's a guard behind you with a spear at their back. So they don't really have a choice. But you've got like, you've got the fancy Festival of Tomorrow robes on. Yep. Looking very good. Very proud of myself. I'm getting to send someone to their watery grave. Uh, Well, here's your book. Keep hold of that. (laughs) Have you ever wondered why they always have the books? Well, it just seems to be the only thing that attracts them, isn't it? Hmm. I've always wondered why. Their accounts of things are the ones we believe over our own testimonies now. They've shown themselves to be good time and again. 
At this point, Lucy, is there like a shovel? Push, splash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not chancing that I'm going to end up with a jumper. I'm getting a push in there straight <laughs> off. Which one was that? He was a, uh, I believe he murdered his wife. Hmm. The evidence was very strong. Very strong, very strong. As it always is, Nathaniel. So you say, so you said last year. We have to trust the institutions of our city. If we don't have that, what do we have? Yes. No, you've got to trust them. I trust them. <laughs> Next. <laughs> like, how many more four mobile form, brother? Okay. Interesting that these institutions, um, all these due process and all this faith in this divine knowledge and, and the courts always seems to end up with you on top, doesn't it? Funny that. What, me? No, no, not you. What, what's your name again? <laughs> Millie. Millie Bakeston, the baker. No, I'm just, I'm just a baker. <laughs> mm, I'm sure you are. And I, I don't, I don't believe it's your fault. Of course, this. Well, I didn't do it. I mean, oh, I pushed him in. That I was the executioner. Yeah. Yes. And you seem mighty proud of yourself. Well, it's got to be done. This is what we do every year. Nathaniel, how old are you? Do you remember how it was before? Before we had this foretelling, when we couldn't judge when the abundances would come, when we needed to store up food for hard seasons. Well, we seem to have got here, don't we? All I know is that several decades ago, all of a sudden, we uprooted our traditions. Your story is that things were wrong, things were not working, until your kind took charge. And now, of course, we just have to go along with this particular but, setup. But, sir, didn't we always used to execute murderers? Even back then, just this time, we put them in the river. The baker is right, Nathaniel. And then we trust to the spurious divinations of these strange things. Does anyone really know what it is they're actually steering our fates towards? Has anyone ever thought about that? Well, they're never wrong. They've brought us prosperity. Prosperity matters to people, Nathaniel. Prosperity is a great driver. The city has grown stronger and, I dare say, happier. And remarkably clean drinking water. Splash! <laughs> Another one goes in. <laughs> You'll forgive me if, if I stick to the stuff I import from the viaducts that do not indulge this barbaric ceremony. Well, Nathaniel, two years ago you seemed quite keen. If you are insinuating that the unfortunate death of that competitor of mine that I took any pleasure in. I was enjoying my political contest with him, I'll have you know. But no, 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 the, uh, the vision saw him, judged him as guilty of something, and so in he had to go, like this poor fellow. Splash! <laughs> <laughs> we are prosperous, but who is to say that this prosperity is something that we would have been able to achieve without being guided by aquatic, mysterious sorceries. Murderfish. Murderfish, yes, good, good, murderfish, exactly. Now you're seeing it. I mean, doesn't it make you a little concerned? Well, I mean, back then there used to be executioners for, you know, murderers. Now you just push them in. Murderfish do it for you. And... It seems very sensible to me. It's, it's pragmatic, Nathaniel. Sometimes... You must consider the needs of the majority of your people. Think about how these few sacrifices, they were already dead. But now they are able to gift something to the city. They give us something new. My nephew is not yet dead. There's five people in between him and the canal. <laughs> <laughs> Splash. Four, actually. <laughs> I worry about what we have become. 
Have you noticed there are more and more people condemned to death each year? That's true. There are more this year. Splash! (laughs) Three. The way you must consider it, however, is that you can live in the past or you can look to the future. Have you noticed that those who wish to gain a glimpse of the future are more and more often casting their lots in the guilty column? We can try and live in the past, Nathaniel. And people always will. But the truth is, we only have the future and here glimpses of that exciting, wonderful place that we can create, that we can shape. What happens when the future is not so bright? What will we do then? Will we keep feeding our people to these things and staring down? What if, I don't know, you, Baker McBakerson, whatever your name is again. Me? <laughs> Tilly Bakerson. Millie. Millie Bakeston. Well, you, Yeoman Baker. What about me? Sorry, we're having trouble with some of them. You want to see your little place, which I'm sure is wonderful, Ooh. doing so well. Best bread in all of Malahim. What if you saw something you did not wish to see? What would you do then? Oh, well, if I saw that, I'd, I'd flee. Oh, but it's the future. It's the future. It can't be stopped. Yeah, but if so I... if you run away, you'll... No, but if I saw my bakery here in Malahim burning down or my family dead, I'd run away to a bakery that's not in Malahim. Problem solved. And this is how the future delivers us, Nathaniel. It gives... These glimpses give us opportunities. It protects us. Perhaps part of the reason we have more executions is because our population has risen because fewer people are being caught in unfortunate accidents thanks to these very visions. Yes. And the visions, they have been... Massive splash. and practical. <laughs> I think at this point, massive splash because the next in line and the one after that and, yeah, yeah. and they, they were friends yeah, and they were yeah, trying yeah. to prevent the other one going in and they ended Absolutely. up hell, oh, trying to save each other and both going in together. Two at once. <laughs> You're getting quite a taste for this, I see. Well, well, if... If anything, Nathaniel, it seems the fish are getting a taste for your nephew. Oh, and see, don't think I can beat that. <laughs> that was really good. No, just there's this inexorable progress yeah, of exactly. history. Like, nope, don't care, don't think about anything. Splash, <laughs> everything's fine. So, player to the right of the lens looks back over what happened during the focus and picks something to be a legacy. Tom, you're not making something new, just singling out something already in the history, something you're interesting and want to explore more. Each player gets to have a legacy. Right. We can also explore legacies between play. We can make an event or dictated scene about it. All right. And it's more than just, here's a summary. It's like, here is something that like will be a payoff. Well, also, it can be something I found interesting about the things we discovered in that section. I guess the theme that kind of jumped out at me, pretty much as I was saying it, was things escalated over time. The visions were sort of being seen initially as an interesting kind of benefit almost. And now they're kind of yeah. guiding things a bit more and starts to become a bit more... Um, yeah, okay. So we have the escalation of tradition or the escalation of the oracular. Yeah. At this point, I think you've got the baker going, oh, this is interesting. I learn a thing about my bakery. Oh. Yeah. Lucy. Sorry, I've moved things. <laughs> oh, yeah. to the God. On the ginkgo. Why are you moving things, Lucy? I, I wondered why that was moving. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lucy. Yes. You're the next to choose our focus. You're the new lens. So what do you want to focus on? 
I just wondered if we should have something about books. Okay, yeah. So that was pretty interesting, isn't because it? Because I think that would have an effect that if the canals kind of travel all around Malahim and they're even used yeah. to transport, it would be like, don't take books on the boats. Yeah, you don't take books on the water. And maybe even the standard kind of construction of a book would be like on a string <laughs> so that if you happen to fall in, you could quickly like throw it out or somebody could come and rescue you. Wow, yeah, that's quite interesting. Because you're the focus, you can add a period and an event or an event and a scene. This might be before this challenge to morality. If we're looking for an event... Hmm. So I think event, like maybe it's um, a change to maybe it's like a law is created or is that a scene rather than event? Yeah. So I think maybe books are changing is the event. They could be banned from the city. That'd be cool. Yeah. And that's why there would be no surviving documents about Malahim. <laughs> and maybe some very useful traditions and lore gets lost, mm -hmm. which could be fatal. Yeah, like almost everything that's in the game is going to be completely lost by the end. Beautiful. Yes. So everything is only recorded verbally. Some certain races like the elves maybe would know about them. Yeah. Oh God, the elves. Oh, the songs. Yeah, songs. If you wanted to find out about Malahim, you definitely have to go and listen to the elves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want to add a scene as well? Yeah, I think so. You're the lens, you can do that. Okay, so what happens in the scene? Is there like a book stricture past? I think this bit is the specific scene about them establishing a law about books. If we make the question, how do they have to change, then it becomes that's what we explore in the scene, like what the idea is. So it could be several people discussing that yeah. issue. Yeah. So I guess the scene might be the council chamber. Yeah. Sorry, this is really your scene. So No, but that's fine. Who's in it? I think Tom gets to be first person because he's the next one round from you. So, Tom, who are you playing? I will be a concerned librarian. Nice. <laughs> of course you are. Of course I am. Concerned librarian, full of love for the books. My name is Zachary... Um, Wang. I was going to go with Muddlestump. <laughs> okay, Zachary Muddlestump. I'm going to play a politician concerned for safety. And he's like... Very senior in the council now. His name is Nathaniel Clifftop. <laughs> Lucy, who are you playing? I'm going to be some sort of merchant. Okay, cool. Who's responsible for bringing goods into the city, specifically books. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to make that title a merchant quill because Tirana Sarista was fifth quill. That apparently means something. Does it? Yeah, I've just decided it does. That's how we roll. <laughs> so what, what's your merchant's name? Should have thought of names beforehand. If only had someone had said, why don't we make a list of names and then actually <laughs> ac acted on their own uh, suggestion also. We should have made a list of lame names. <laughs> <laughs> what about Purgle Mink? Purgle Mink. Yeah. Okay. Purgle Mink. I basically said something to give you something to reject. No, let's go with it. Okay, so Zachary Muddlestump, Nathaniel Clifftop and Purgle Mink. <laughs> <laughs> someone else comes up with the next set of names. So, going into this scene, what is Zachary Muddlestump thinking? I think he is thinking, if I can just keep all the books safe in the library where I can see them, and they'll all be mine, and I won't let anyone get into trouble, and that'll all be fine. Nathaniel Clifftop is thinking about how accidents unsettle people. 
and how the fish have shown that he's going to be first quill if things line up right. So he's thinking about what people will think counts as making a good stand for them. Oh, changing his tune a bit, isn't he? Funny how that happens when the fish start foretelling that you're going to do well in life. What's Merchant Quill thinking? I'm not Merchant Quill, I'm Merchant oh, Mink. Oh, sorry, Purgle Mink. I'm thinking that I'm really concerned that, you know, I've lost four assistants this year. <laughs> there needs to be something done. Yeah. Some new system, maybe get the canals blocked off. Maybe we need to have birds fly the books in. <laughs> we cannot like to use seagulls. <laughs> no seagull. <laughs> I'm a parrot. I've not broken the rules. I'm a barn owl. <laughs> no, yes. Sorry. A thousand apologies, my lord. <laughs> I promise I wasn't trying to get seagulls in. Uh, Stu's voices are a gift that keeps on giving. He's established their accent in canon so we've got to honor that yeah so it sounds like maybe purgle's the person who's introducing this something mm. must be done so is that what you're saying there yes i'm saying that something definitely must be done and so i think when you give evidence the outside of the council chamber is quite dark and there's like a naturally lit center spot so people go into the center to give evidence and to make their statement and the councillor kind of sat in relative darkness, so it creates a slightly intimidating atmosphere. Uh, it makes it very clear what the power relation is, except for the first quill, who's like the chair of the council, and they're also sat in the light. It's not like a throne, but it's definitely a raised chair. It's not super fancy. Mm. But that's not Nathaniel yet. No, it's someone else right now. It might even be the other person from that previous scene. It might be Tirana Sarista, who sat in that chair. So, what's Purgle Mink saying? Well. Books are too dangerous. Importing my books, I've lost four assistants this year. Normally, you know, you you drop a book, fine. You can go pick it up if it falls in the water. You might just fish it out quick, hope it's not damaged much. The first assistant just reached in, fish grabbed him by the hand, pulled him in, at him. I've come to request that something must be done about the books. From the darkness you hear, something must be done. Absolutely. And I think maybe Nathaniel walks into the light and says, So what should we do about this trouble? How can we protect the people and the books? Ah, uh, Master Mugglestump. Yes. You're an authority on the care and keeping of books. What would you wish to see done? I have that particular honour, sir. Yes, thank you very much for inviting me in front of this uh, esteemed body. Uh, if I may say, it is a pleasure to be amongst you, and uh, I wish to convey from the library all due respect to do all your... Do continue, do continue, Master Mugglestump. Yes, sorry. On I to am... the point, if you dare, please. I shall, I shall. I have considered this matter for a while, you see. Obviously, there has been a number of um, regrettable instances with these books, and I really think it is time that the council and the city as a whole really starts to think about how important these books really are. And let us see these unfortunate accidents as a catalyst to perhaps treating them with respect and uh, care. I have seen many people carrying books around. and I, I love books, I should say. I, I have devoted my life to their treatment and restoration and care and careful cataloguing and ordering. Librarian, and librarian, and we are aware that the name Muggle Stump is inseparable from organisation of books. Thank you, thank the you. The Muggle Stump system has renowned across the empire as 
the authoritative approach to the storage of books. Well, thank you very much for that. And I'm merely proposing that we treat these wonderful sacred objects, if you will, as things to be kept in well, the right place. That's the problem. You want them all kept. You ordered 50 new books last week. Well, yes. Well, 50? Yes, they were... It's too many. You ordered so many books. We got so many carts of books coming in and out from that library before you. Crashed a cart, lost Each two. Each book contains different information. Very useful. Specialised, detailed, um, important information. Underlying friends, properties of... Friends, I, I believe I see a solution to our problems here. Yes. Now, the canals are the very blood of Malohin. Without them, the city could not operate. And without the city, the empire could not operate. We need their commerce, and we need the insights that they give us that allow us to steer our empire to greater prosperity every year. However, to keep the citizenry safe, it is clear that the transit of books through the canals is not a sustainable option. So, what I propose, and I hope that Master Muddlestump will find this equable, is the creation of a new and greater library. Uh, well, we shall call it the Clifftop Repository of Knowledge. With the assent of my council colleagues, the books of the city will all be stored there. Where? In this new library, greater than any other library that has ever existed. I, I have perhaps a question. Yes, very well. This library you are proposing, is there anyone do you have in mind, perhaps? Why, Master Muddlestump, there is no one but you who would be capable of such a task. <laughs> this will be the greatest library in the history of the world. The Clifftop fortunes shall be invested in its production, along with any funding the city sees fit to provide. A place where all the people of the city shall be welcome, and books shall be welcome here. A place, <laughs> Merchant Mink, that will be easily accessible by land. So I think that might be a scene. And I quite like that, because that gives us the opportunity for it to bankrupt Clifftop later, <laughs> or, or be a like enduring legacy and leave him re regarded as a great hero. Okay, so Tom... Mm -hmm. What is your period event or scene related to books? Maybe a kind of a period later on where perhaps where the location of the library, away from the canals, yeah. which is of necessity lower. Yeah, so there's the towers and their bridges, mm. but then below that is the city itself. All right, okay. The idea that I had was that the whole thing was a mountain. Sure, yes. That Stonefoot basically left the towers and removed the rest of the mountain. Gotcha. So you have like the towers and the circle wall. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of cut away like a statue. And then within the centre is like this great bowl. Then you have effectively a carved hill inside the outer wall, which is where most people's houses are. And it's, you know, it's in the shadow of the towers. And so I think maybe somewhere really central would be where this uh, library lives. Okay. But then, at a lower level, there are elevators powered by water. And do you think the fish have access to those bits? I suspect they don't. I suspect they're more around the higher canals. And one of the things that I think is quite weird is they don't seem to exist outside the city. Okay. I don't know if it's an era particularly, but it's kind of within a later era. I was thinking a ground-level flood threatens the library. I think that could be part of Books Are Changing. If you wanted to do a scene about it, 
that could be later on on books are changing or we could have it late in the time of foretellings or do you want a new period maybe the new period could be like post flood yeah yeah i think things would carry on fine for a while and then there'd be this flood is an, an event. So I guess it would be kind of something to mark the end of the library develops. Yeah, so maybe the period is the library. And do you think this period is light or dark? I think the period itself is quite light. Yeah, so we might have a dark event in it. Yeah. I think I'm going to add... Our focus is all on books. Okay, so what was the book that the general was carrying when they made their last stand during the last defenders giving up. So this scene takes place maybe somewhere in the lower city. Let's call an area shadow side because it was like always in the shade of the walls. It was one of the spots, so it's quite like a cheap part of town, but it's where the defenders have been driven back to. So characters, who are you going to play, Lucy? So this is... At the end of Malahim. The walls have been breached. So we don't know what they're giving up from. Well, I think it's probably like these weird, chaos-tainted, twisted creatures that were once people that have been corrupted by the Fae. Oh, okay. So the Hawks have met... The creature they met in the Ziggurat was kind of one of these. Oh, it was chained up. Yeah. And so these are like creatures created by the Canavir Fae. And they maybe were once human, have been shaped into weird, twisted creatures. Mm, flesh bats. Yeah, flesh bats and what have you. So who am I going to be? Um, yeah. I think I'll be some big, monstrous, formerly human, corrupted thing. Okay. You're just going to go... Rah! Maybe. <laughs> okay, Tom, who are you going to play? How far ahead in time do you think this is? We're probably like maybe 50 to 100 years ahead. Okay, a couple of generations then. And really, we have liberty to say. Yeah, because I was going to play, let's say, the rather noble and not at all like him descendant of Mr. Clifftop. And I think the names have changed a little bit. So his his surname is now Clift. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, these little linguistic Mm -hmm. drifts that happen over time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And who knows what that would be in the future. <laughs> so Corin Clift, who is, you know, the scion of the noble house of Clifftop. Maybe the house divided at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Into the Clifts and the Ops. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Corin Clift the general? Oh, a general, he could be. I think he might be the general. Yeah, okay. He's possibly a reluctant general in some ways. He cares very much for preserving things. And, you know, he's very much a defender. Okay, cool. And I'm going to play a librarian lieutenant who's one of the general's troops by the name of Taro (laughs) Merritt, which also, I guess, establishes that now librarians somehow have become military. (laughs) It's like they're uh, librarians, but with more hate. So what is the corrupted creature thinking at the uh, at the start of this fight? <laughs> this is interesting. Wow. We've had no insight into their mental processes. Okay. They're thinking, um, oh, can't wait for this to be over. Want to get back for tea? Five o'clock? The job's worth monster. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, so I think they're probably thinking, thinking smash it, kill them. Are they thinking that they need to uh, free the fish? 
Yeah, totally. Get the fish out safe. Yeah, I think that would be interesting because I like the idea that the fish are one of their employers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's the general thinking? We have to hold the city and above all, we must save the thing that has made the city what it is, which is the fish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think Tarot Merritt is pretty scared partly because his knee has been badly smashed up and he can't really walk. Mm. And he can also see the condition that the city's in. Maybe actually Merrick kind of just stepped in and caught a blow that was aiming for the general. His leg's badly smashed up and he's kind of staggered back. He's sitting against a wall at the foot of a house. And he's looking up and he can see the towers and the smoke and just hear shouts from all across the city. And there's that like bit. I feel like this is like one of those anime moments where there's like a massive <laughs> battle going on. But for some reason, there's a little short scene. Everything's gone chaos, but there's a little conversation going on. Sorry, General. I did my best, sir. Did my best. You did more than many. I saw you. I killed that beast that got you as well. I killed him for you. And now <laughs> I got a thing for you to do. What do you need me to do, sir? I may not be running as fast as I could, but don't worry, I can fight as well as any of us page boys. <laughs> Your time fighting's done, boy. I'm the one that's going to fight. But here's the thing. I know it's not a fight I can win. See that gateway there? I see it, sir. If they can come in through here... And if people up on that wall above them knock that overpass down, we can trap them in here. And I think these things can drown. So I need you to get word up to the top. Can you do that? I, my <laughs> knee is literally smashed, sir. I, I don't know. I might be able to do it. I can try. You don't have to be the one that drowns here. But, sir, maybe I do. Look, I've got a job to do. Is that a book you're carrying? What? This? Yes, sir. It's my duty to protect the written word, sir, against everything. I've always served the name of the great hero of our history. The name of Clifftop. That's always been honoured in our traditions. And if you represent it, if you're ready to carry the written word, then you should do that. You should get to safety. I can take on the danger. I think maybe this is the point at which uh, Lucy <laughs> makes her appearance. Uh, uh, smash, smash. Uh, yeah. God, it's big. <laughs> Fish. You see, like, a couple of a couple of bodies go flying past in slow motion, just like... Yeah. Poof. Yeah. And you can see uh, hands... Flinging them, and the, you know, there's hands. There's more hands than there should be on this creature. It's yeah. made of hands, presumably. You can yeah. see it peering over the walls as it's throwing uh, people. I can't leave you to fight that thing, sir. It's the only thing you can do, as it was written, sir. So shall it be. I've got this, and he like he pulls himself up on his spear. And he draws his short sword, and he's like, "You get up that ladder, sir. You put the strategy into action." And he takes two steps. He's like, but one thing, what's the book? I didn't even look. That's the funny thing. <laughs> it's from the library. My family library. Fish! Oh, what is the one book that survives? 
I think it should be cookery book. Oh, I, can I make a suggestion here? Yeah, go on, because I'm not sure. I would really like it to be Millie Bakerston's Bread Recipes. <laughs> <laughs> 101 Different Rolls by Millie Bakerston. That'd be good. Oh, hang on, there's an appendix here as well. Someone's <laughs> written in. Someone's written in a recipe for something they call a sausage. Actually, that does sound kind of good. <laughs> you get out of here, General. It's all right. You give me the thing I needed, sir. According to the model stump system, that's qe.222.a.ff. <laughs> that's all I needed to know. And he salutes and he turns. No! Screw you, monster! <laughs> We're having a moment! <laughs> oh my god, that tentacle's close! There's just time for a slow nod. <laughs> yep, so it's slow nods, turns, scales the ladder, and watches as the creature comes crashing down. Yeah. He gets to his men on the, on, on the, the top. Someone... Rings smashes. a bell. Yeah, rings a bell. Bells ring across, across, the, uh, across the city. <laughs> Yeah, alarm bells have been ringing this whole scene. I've just realised that's the thing that was going on. The bells of Malahim. Yeah, and the beast is trapped. Yeah. And he stops and he kind of stares at the beast. So I'm, I'm kind of narrating what a bit of what Lucy's doing, I suppose. No, I like it. So he's quite high up and the beast is... How big... I'm assuming the beast is pretty tall. 12 feet tall. So this is at least 12 feet tall. About the same height as Lucy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about the same height as Lucy. 12 feet tall. Seven hands. <laughs> and um, so, they're, so they're face yeah. to face is what I'm saying. And he looks the creature in the eye... <laughs> And he's like, didn't see this one coming, did you? And it punches him in the face. <laughs> Seven times. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I did not see that one coming. I don't know how I'm going to survive these impacts and get out with this book intact. <laughs> he, no, he falls off the rooftop and lands in the river holding his book. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, no, I think we've... We've ruined it. <laughs> and as the fish swarm around him, he holds the book aloft and his arm starts to quiver and the book still holds aloft. <laughs> and that's why Malahim fell, because... Uh, Corwin Clift. Corwin Clift didn't go and get the message. He stood there goading the fae <laughs> instead of drowning them. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's a tale of human frailty. Yeah, he wanted that badass moment and it just didn't go. <laughs> I didn't realise when I described him, but he was just a man a little bit too in love with his own myth, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know whether there's something about what we've seen of Clifftop mm. and now we see in this Clift family as well. They just seem profoundly out of their depth. So, Lucy, we reached the end of your focus. So you get to add either another scene or mm -hmm. another two nested things, like an event and a scene or a period and an event. About books. So this is still books, yes. Oh, more books. I like big books and I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> now you regret your focus. Books are just so boring. Why did I pick books? Oh, I was hoping that would wind Tom up. I'm drinking. You've driven him to drink. That's how bad it's got. <laughs> That's the point. I've still got my sherry somewhere. Oh, here we go. Whoop, whoop. Here it is. <laughs> Basically, a bell rings every time Tom has a drink. <laughs> it's just a warning. <laughs> We've had a lot about books from the time of foretellings. 
Yeah, we have the heart of knowledge. And there's also the thing we've discovered where we have a librarian lieutenant. So librarians somehow got militarized at some point. And the other thing we can do with any of these characters, we can always pick up and say, well, what happened after this or before this? Tom, when did you say about your thing about a flood? Did that happen? It kind of got folded into the things are coming. Because it wasn't Tom's turn, he couldn't introduce the flood as well. At the very end there, they didn't flood the city. Yeah, they were trying to trap the thing that... But they didn't... No, they didn't flood it because someone got knocked into a river. Because he was too busy grandstanding like an idiot, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. Why did Malahim fall? Well... There is a name that has lived down in history. (laughs) It will be known as Clift's Folly. I like the idea of the flood. Shall we make an event that's the flood in the library? Yeah. I assume this is dark, probably? Yeah. Oh, shit. What? Uh, Okay, so you can add a scene to that as well. What did you say? Oh, shit. Yeah, I suddenly thought, oh my god, the library floods. What if the fish got in? (gasps) Massacre! (laughs) I know, exactly. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) That is pretty amazing, isn't it? Oh, I just had an idea on what the fish are, part of what the fish are doing as well. I think maybe they're called bloodfish. So what do you want the question to be for this scene? What about what happened when the bloodfish got into the library? Yeah, I like that. Okay, so scene. Uh, Clifftop library as dark water rises among the shelves. So who's in it? Best start thinking about libraries. (laughs) You're in one. Who gets to start? I think Tom gets to choose first, actually. I think it's Tom, me, you. Okay. People who are in the library at that time. What about someone who has come to steal a rare book? Oh, a book thief. A book thief. Nice. What's their name? I think the book thief's name is Katerina Misk. I like the idea that that's like miscellaneous. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Where can she be found? (laughs) No particular spot, really. (laughs) All right. I think I want to play a... Oh, God, there's two cool characters that I can think of. Because one of them is like a librarian, which I think would be cool. And the other one is basically Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, (laughs) which I think would be super cool. (laughs) No one's ever thought about these these, these are fish. uh. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to play a naturalist who is an expert on fish. Who's that? Yeah, I think the first word cut out. Was it naturalist, did you say? Yes, not a naturist. (laughs) Just a naked fish fan. (laughs) I'm going to play someone who's tired. Yep, well, I think this is our last go, so I think we're in a good place for that. Who are you going to play, Lucy? I'm going to play a school teacher. Cool. On a school trip. Oh, no. Has she got a class? Oh, Ooh, we are a bit sick, aren't we? Oh. <laughs> but I'm thinking I brought a class to research for the upcoming festival of the giant pumpkins. Oh, yeah, the pumpkin abundance. So upcoming pumpkin abundance <laughs> and the following um, Feast of the Many Sausages. <laughs> so, yeah, little day out, fun times, happy times in the library. Um, uh... Hmm? I like my naturalist, but I also super like the idea of just being a small child in your class. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't you be both? Little Jeff Goblin. Yeah, I think... Like the precocious young naturalist child. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, yes. (laughs) Yes, I know the answer. Oh, you do. 
Ben, can you imagine there could be a child that knows like a ridiculous amount about fish? <laughs> it's hard to conceive of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. So I'm going to change that to fish obsessed school child from Naturalist. <laughs> What's his name? Ben. <laughs> well, we're not allowed any real world analogies. <laughs> Actually, his name's Berg Atten. <laughs> I don't get it. If you swap the first name and surname around. I thought you said Burger King. <laughs> I think I'm just hungry. <laughs> no, his name is Berg Atten. Oh! All oh, right. <laughs> Got you. Silent H's. <laughs> You're going to narrate everything. Okay, so what is Katerina Misk thinking at this point? Right, so she's got a book in her hand, or a pamphlet probably, actually, a rare pamphlet. Is she from out of town? She is from out of town, yeah. Sweet. And if she can get out with it, get back to her client with this pamphlet, yeah, which is a rare book of recipes, yep. then her client will reward her richly and she'll be all square and her debt will be paid and she'll be free. Nice. Bergatin is a bit scared because, as far as he knows, the library's not supposed to have water in, and the librarians seem to be, like, desperately trying to carry books around. But it he's also a bit glad because they were supposed to do, like, a an outdoor field trip to one of the city parks today, and it's clearly raining too hard for that, so at least they're indoors. <laughs> what's the school teacher's name? Penelope. And what's she uh, thinking? So the water's coming in. Yeah. Yeah, so she's kind of going, uh-oh, I've got a class of kids here. I don't know if they can swim, so best get them out because the water's rising up. Yeah. Get all the children out. Maybe, you know, tell them to bring the books they're carrying with them, you know, because you don't want them. <laughs> I just realised what that means. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to save some books, you know. What could be safer than carrying books? What a noble thing to do. Yeah, exactly. It's a good idea. This is all coming from you. I didn't, I'm not the one that came up with it. Yeah, I know. Well, the one horrible death, that was me. But to be fair, <laughs> the city is a disaster. Right. Leading up to this, when we took time to think about it, it was so utopian. It was wonderful. And now it's like mutants <laughs> and the murder fish. They're awful. <laughs> and you're almost a bit like, well, we need a little bit of... It can't all be so nice. It's just too nice. <laughs> oh, it was me, wasn't it? Yeah, you did start with the water sacrifice idea. Yeah. And now look where, now look where we are. We've got a class of school children carrying books in the water. <laughs> yeah, you too. Oh, it's lovely. It's so pretty. There's fountains. Oh, they have fish sculptures everywhere. It's beautiful. I'm like, what about a little bit of death? Yeah. Here they go, here they go. Here they go, the wiggly wiggly fish on the way. The wiggly wiggly fish on the way. I'm not even sure what you're saying. I could just see you making fish hands. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a toddler. <laughs> oh, Tom, you should have played a cellist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you mind? I'm practicing it here. Just got the two bits of it. <laughs> okay, so let's paint the picture. So Miss Penelope's got her class carrying books. Mm. Okay. Okay, children. Just don't panic. We'll just make our way out. Go to the main door and br bring your books. Bring the books. Don't don't let them get 
soaked. Miss, miss, the water's getting a bit deeper. Yeah, but go, go uh, faster. Li- little Simon keeps almost floating away. Oh, okay. I've, I've tried to hold on to him, but it, it's getting a bit deep for him because he's only small. Okay, well, I should go and like gather up little Simon. Maybe find some kind of rope that she can attach all the children to and tow them out. <laughs> Is there any rope around? Does a noted book thief have rope? <laughs> Katarina Misk is lurking on top of a bookshelf. <laughs> Cat burglar pose, like, God damn it. She looks down at the big coil of perfect rope that she has attached to her belt and is like, oh, can I give myself away? And then she looks down and sees, presumably one of the kids start to flit away. <laughs> little Simon. Well, yeah, I think little Simon starts like bobbing, but also... Berg Atin looks up and goes, D- Excuse me, do you have an Artushkin accent? Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, you're too sharp, kid. Too sharp for your own good. Maybe you didn't see me, right? So, I thought you sounded a bit Artushkin. <laughs> Did you know, here in Malahim, we have 16 species of fish that live in the canals. I don't care about your fish. Get on, kid. Oh. Get out of here. Go on. You didn't see me. Get out. All right, if you're sure you don't want to hear about fish. Maybe another time, kid. Simon, Simon, kick your legs, kick your legs. <laughs> Shouldn't you be getting out with your friends? Come on, go, go. We're all getting out here. I like the idea that Penelope's now got Simon under one arm and she's got, you know, like another child yeah. under this arm and, and two clinging on and she's just trying to wade through the water dragging <laughs> mounts of children and link arms, hold your books. <laughs> Really, really jolly and trivial. That teacher of yours, does she know much about fish? Well, actually, she doesn't. So there's a funny thing. There's a fish here called the bloodfish. They're not here here. That would be silly because they live up in the canals around the edge. Yes. And like, if you're carrying books, they they can get you into all kinds of trouble. They're famous for it, but they only live here in the city. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's kind of strange, isn't it? Have you noticed how I'm up here, up 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 the top of the water, outside of the water? Now I have this book. <laughs> Can you? What's your name again, kid? <laughs> he says, "Berg, Miss Berg." Um, that's a, that's a good point, uh, Miss Penelope. Come on, Berg, keep up, Miss Penelope. Get out. What if the redfish got in? The what? What if they got in here? Keep walking. The bloodfish, Miss. The bloodfish. What if the? <laughs> the what fish? The bloodfish, Miss. What if they got in? What if they came out of the canal somehow? No, they'll never get down here. This is just <laughs> this is just an overflow pipe somewhere, I'm sure. Carry on. <laughs> the canals are sealed up. <laughs> Drop the books, kid. Drop the books and go. <laughs> Specifically that one. But this is only bakery. No one wants a book on bakery. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised, kid. Give it here. I'll put that book of bakery away. <laughs> Is that the rare book? 20,000 schmeckles for this. <laughs> the schmeckle, <laughs> the most noble currency of the Stone Empire. Man, this, that's some good bread. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that... Uh, I'm pretty sure... And then, like, one of the kids probably just vanishes under the water. <laughs> I think maybe at that point, Penelope might go... Except maybe by that point, the children are all so busily, like, chain-linked arms together and different things that they can't. (laughs) 
Vergatin <laughs> 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 like passes up the book and then suddenly vanishes into the water and you just see his arm quivering above the water <gasps> in a weird precursor to a later event. <laughs> the, the, the repeated theme. And this is her moment of crisis of like, he was a good kid, wasn't he? And she puts the book back in a shelf, back on the top shelf. Well, it's going to be safe from the water. It's not, the water's not going to rise far enough to, to catch it. We will, it'll turn out and just takes a deep breath, quietly calls herself a damn fool and jumps on in to save him. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> hmm. is, that, is that the yeah, scene? Yeah, I think maybe that's, I think that the, the party school children, maybe there's at least, at least four of them got by the bloodfish. Oh, I, I would I would think like almost oh I think maybe four survived. Oh really? Tops. What about Penelope? No, I think yeah, Penelope I, I, it's a disaster. Penelope probably didn't realise she still had a book in hand. Well I, and the thing is it wasn't even carrying a book. It's like if there's enough books around yeah. they're just kind of frenzy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very dangerous environment. <laughs> like it's the single worst place you could ever have that happen. Yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the end of that scene and that focus. And I think we have a legacy. And actually, I think maybe my legacy... I'll just check what legacies are. I think maybe after that, the fish stop being so oracular. Hmm. I think maybe they become weaker. Hmm, yeah. So, or either they become weaker, or they only show bad outcomes. Yeah, the fish become kind doom, of... Doom is prophesized. Nathaniel's words, so, in, so insincerely spoken. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I guess maybe, um, maybe as well that they... You know, previously it'd be a number of people per year put in with a book and that to yeah. do it, but they've like had a massive like gorge themselves on like yeah, loads of so, people that yeah they're not really going to stand for the standard toll. Yeah. Now that's not sufficient. We want a hundred a year or something, and so it's just not going to happen anymore. Yeah, yeah. So actually, that becomes a greater. So that becomes a continuation of Tom's legacy. I think so. This is almost like an ongoing, a, a, an iteration on that. Which was... So now they start demanding, so they don't respond to what they responded to before after mm. this event, and they find that they have to bring in more prisoners. So they're bringing in like prisoners from all over the empire mm. now, like criminals from different places are like brought over as part of this. And would it be true that if you feed them, there's more of them, and therefore they're that's more That's also true, yeah. So you need to feed yeah, them more. Yeah, that is... Which makes that more is, of them. That is a kind of part of that vicious, or should I say, vicious <laughs> circle. Vicious. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, bit, it's a bit like a habit. It's like they need more to get the same outcome. Yeah, and maybe the escalation means that it's not just murderers that face death penalties now. It's like lesser crimes. In you go. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so the the crimes get the code gets more author- authoritarian. Point, it's just a lottery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like we need to throw someone in. Yeah, so so I think that's an interesting mm. kind of extension of that legacy. And that's pretty a good place to stop as well. soon as I can remember how this application works. This is a good start, isn't it? I'm doing well here. What is this? Uh, so this is like a card app. Its whole purpose is to allow you to draw cards. <laughs> and the one thing I can't figure out how to do with it is draw a card. I deleted a bunch of cards because I remember messing about. Yeah. Hang on. Tree settings. Enable latex. I don't want to enable latex. <laughs> that won't help. Oh, yeah, it's because you deleted the root. Oh, was that me? I, I assume if you were playing around and you deleted some, then by deleting the base <laughs> oh. card, apparently you can't add any yes. more then. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Because there were several and I thought I'll just yeah, get rid no, of those because we made a bit of a mess. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. What's your email, Tom? Is it Thomas Cameron there for it? Yes. <laughs> Give that out in a podcast. <laughs> I think I've made some cards. Have you? Yeah. What, on the other one? What? Oh, I can see Elmar is editing. No. Don't delete it. For God's sake, don't delete it. <laughs> oh, I've made like seven trees. Oh, well done. Hmm. Not helpful. Hi, Tom. You have been invited to edit the ginkgo tree. <laughs> Put that glass of sherry out the way. Sherry, have you turned into a gran? <laughs> I've turned into like a parent of tiny children. So you only have sherry? Uh, that's probably from about four Christmases ago or something. Mm, a fine vintage. That's better. It just means you won't blow into it quite as much. Okay, yeah. You can't undo a blow. <laughs> that's certainly true. You can't undo a blow. <laughs> <laughs> better people than us have tried. Better people than us have failed. Entire presidencies have been lost on that very brief, <laughs> that very basis. <laughs> no real world analogies. Ah, oh, phew. Good point. Escape. <laughs> it's fine. Can um, I really? I'd like to just go to the loo. That's not a scene. I think that is a scene. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll grab a tea. Back in two. <laughs> I might grab a tea too. Oh, Maybe some more wine. <laughs> Do we have to clap for that? This is the future that liberals want. Chocolate dinosaurs. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good future. Wow. I uh, Apparently, I searched for Lucy's email address on Gmail, but instead of searching for Lucy's email address, what I actually did was just did a Google search for Lucy Marsh. <laughs> uh, that's probably the way it'll be in the future. Images for Lucy Marsh did not feature Lucy.
Oh dear. There are apparently lots of Lucy Marshes, none of whom are one. Ah, right. Okay. Are they um, a bit like the searches that? No, I, I safe searches on. So. Oh, okay, that's all it's right. It's not too dodgy. <laughs> it's not those. But one of them is a vampire. If you do an image search for Lucy Marsh, really? and then look on the bottom row. Hang on, because my Google might not give me the same Google. Well, that's true. Oh, Lucy Isabel Marsh, the musical artist from Ithaca, is terrifying. Of course. But yeah, on the bottom row there, there's like a vampire with a crucifix on her head. Do you not get that? <laughs> yeah, I see it. That's amazing. Um, and then if I uh, if I go a row further down, there's like, I guess, the hominid Lucy. Who's that guy with the beard? How is he Lucy? <laughs> no one knows. What? No one even knows. <laughs> Have you seen... I yeah, did see a video, a video of someone had image searched what? the colour red, and it was just lots and lots of images of the colour red, and then the, then in the middle of it, there was one that was blue, and as it as the video <laughs> panned across to it, the, the X-Files music starts playing as soon as you see it. Very good. I think Miss this is much the same. Did you just say, why have I got a well, beard? Well, Google yourself. And image, image search for you. Safe, yeah. safe search on. Just a search for Lucy Marsh. Me? Uh, in the bottom row, there's one of you who was who is a man with a beard and one of you who's a vampire with a crucifix on your head. You also appear to be seven martial artists. <laughs> what? What the hell have you guys been drinking while I was gone? <laughs> Peppermint tea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is seven martial artists. How did you search me? Where did, what did Google. you do? Google. I just went. I just put your name into oh, Google Image name. Search. I didn't mean to. I was oh. trying to search. Yeah, I was, I was trying to search your. Uh... <laughs> Don't Google my mum. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've been through that. We didn't name her. Oh, though. My mum. <laughs> the crudely drawn swords fans will just have to guess what your mum's name would be. I like the fact that your terms here, like you search for Lucy Marsh and it's like human evolution, early human, first human. <laughs> I was the first human. So apparently older and also Dracula and then Neanderthal. Like page three ancients. <laughs> On image search, I wow. would get a beardy guy. You've done some things in your life. It's like the girl with the ferrets. It's quite a nice ferret. Yeah, it's a nice ferret. Yeah. Let's not mistake the ferret. Yeah. Okay, what I'm going to... We're going down the rabbit hole, guys. <laughs> anyway, yes, if, if on the fourth row there's uh, just a vampire with a crucifix on her head, that's the one that I feel symbolises you most effectively. can't see that. <laughs> just... <laughs> so, like, just a little past that, there's, like, there's just this random bearded guy that doesn't seem to be... Like, I don't know what why Google thinks he's a, Lu he's a Lucy Marsh... <laughs> Oh, you're doing my wrong name. Ah. Oh, yeah. It's because yeah, yeah. that's your email address, which is what I was actually searching for. God, yeah, I wouldn't search for Lucy T. Who oh, knows who she is? I'm a vampire with a crucifix on my yeah. head. Yeah, it's a cool look, isn't <laughs> it? I mean, not, you're not happy about it. I, th I think I prefer the mouse. Wait, is it a mouse or a cat? That lady. Okay. For, for uh, I think it's ferret. <gasps> so, to quickly... Ape. The ape. <laughs> It's like you're an echo of what we discovered whilst you were. There's a lot of boobs uh, when you search for my name. There's a lot of boobs when you search for anything. Once you get more than a, like a page down in Google Images, it's going to be boobs. Really? Yeah. That's that's the internet. Wow. So, shall we pop back to time.is? Do you see the one with a motorcycle? Your name okay. doesn't get boobs. What? Is she still talking about boobs? <laughs> Yeah. A boob with a motorcycle. No boobs on this well, one. I mean... There's a man in pants. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's just look at, let's look at it some other time. Back to time.is. I mean... I just... Sorry. Let's not look at it. 
I just want to do a sync clap. What if you were to see everything you loved in ruins? You start, you saw... I, sorry, I don't know. You disappeared in some strange (laughs) robot voice. I don't know how you did that. But I didn't understand. What if I saw my what? (laughs) Got it. So like a librarian, but with more love. (laughs) (laughs) That was my was Magnus. Magnus. <laughs>